and welcome to the Lazy Book Club podcast, the book club for those who don't want to read or leave the house. My name is Matt Gonzalez. Here's David Cox. And I'm Josh Matheson. <laughs> now, this week is slightly different. Uh, you might be noticing that Josh is sounding different than normal. That is because we're having to record this over Skype because where, where are you right now, Josh? I'm at home. I'm self-isolating for the benefit of the the wider planet. He's being a responsible citizen. I'm trying. Yes. Yes, exactly. Exactly. It's fine. But um, today's also very exciting news because we're going to be starting our second book. Here we are. So, Peter Pan. I'm guessing everybody knows the story generally, Mm. don't they? I feel like Peter Pan is like, it's kind of similar to Alice in Wonderland. Alice's Adventure in Wonderland. Uh, maybe is Peter Pan the title? It's not Peter well, Pan. No, Go I don't know. <laughs> to Neverland. And, no, it's um, Peter it's, Pan's Adventures in Neverland. Yeah, that was so annoying that time. So I, like, I don't know the title of the book. Um, but it's, it's dramatized so many times. I feel like there's like three different musicals. Yeah, there's different. There's a panto those. every year. Yeah, uh, there's Peter Pan goes wrong. That's true. Yeah. And I, always... I, and I just love watching Hook, which is entirely oh, you know mm, on a tangent. So such yeah. a good movie. So good. Just Dustin Hoffman doing his Bring Me Peter Pan is just the best thing ever. <laughs> Are we just going to dive straight in with this first chapter? See what's going on for J.M. Barry. Oh, yeah, that's the point. What's the author? You have to give us the details. Give us, give us the title and the, the author because I don't even know who wrote this. Well, there you go. This is Peter Pan by J.M. Barry. Never heard of him. <laughs> I have. Um, there's lots of uh, features tour guide chat again right. there's quite a few features to do with peter pan in hyde park oh okay um because i think Wait, where's the isn't there a fountain somewhere yeah that's... there is at a play park i take the children on tour to the play park that's what i know right that sounds so wrong <laughs> I know. I just, <laughs> why in this day and age do i have to justify the fact that i know there's a you know what i mean <laughs> it's perfectly innocent people <laughs> um no the, all i know about jay and barry is i watch well i'm guessing it it's at least based in truth was finding neverland um where Johnny Depp plays J.M. Barry in that. And it's about... Oh, is it so one of those film, movies of him writing it? Yeah, it's a film of how Peter Pan came about. Right. Inspired by people in his life at the time, kind of vibe. Right. It's a good film. And then they turned that into a stage show as well. Didn't last very long. Yeah, I thought... When you said Finding Netherland, I, I was thinking stage show rather than oh, film. Yeah, no, it was a film first. With yeah, Johnny but Depp. I remember seeing the posters for the stage show. Yeah. I did just do a little Google up because we we haven't used the computer, so we can't be. Satisfied. Yeah, no, I can't. I can't look. I'm gonna have to get the iPad out. Um. So yes. Yeah, what so do you mean you can't look at Spark Notes, man? <laughs> well, no, because I'm too busy looking at your beautiful face. What's the people oh, have well. to know. <laughs> <laughs> um. So he. Yeah. There, there's a lot of stuff in Kensington Gardens because it was originally a sort of short tale about a baby boy who has magical adventures in Kensington Gardens. That's what so the original story was. Yeah. Uh, uh, Peter Pan, the boy who wouldn't grow up. A fairy play about an ageless boy. There you go. A fairy play. Sure. Although yeah. it did say Jay and Barry is Scottish. Oh, okay. So there you True. Go. I don't know if we have the entire narration. <laughs> <laughs> We're all for challenges. And it got kind of, if, uh, if you listen back to Alice, of course, uh, it got kind of crazy. Um, so I mean, I'm very, I'm very happy to give a light Edinburgh lilt throughout, if you'd rather. But I mean, <laughs> people might get bored of that. 
I, I also think that some of our American listeners will probably have no idea what you're saying either because it's not yeah. the easiest. Judging by how well, or I should say how badly Alexa responds to a Scottish accent, I don't think they're going to be able to oh, does she, <laughs> decipher does she like it. it. Okay, she doesn't like enough. it very much, no. Typical. There you go. Right, so we jump straight in. Peter Pan, Chapter 1. Peter Breaks Through. All children, except one, grow up. They soon know that they will grow up, and the way Wendy knew was this. One day, when she was two years old, she was playing in a garden, and she plucked another flower and ran with it to her mother. I suppose she must have looked rather delightful, for Mrs. Darling put her hand to her heart and cried... She, she obviously cries something here. She does speak. I don't know if we're... Yeah, can we make them proper? <laughs> Wendy! Wendy, you look gorgeous with that flare can out your hands. <laughs> <laughs> darling. All right, darling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah. I, I want to make the darlings like from Walthamstow Market. All right, darling. Like, darling. All right, yeah, yeah, fine. yeah. <laughs> the other thing, of course, which is not my domain, this is definitely your, your two's job here, is, um, of course, we have a family... And so, in theory... You they know, should all have that accent, it's true. They should all have that accent. Yeah. So different you... pictures of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I suppose she must have looked rather delightful, for Mrs. Darling put her hand to her heart and cried, Oh, why can't you remain like this forever? <laughs> <laughs> it's begun. <laughs> this was all that passed between them on the subject, but henceforth, Wendy knew that she must grow up. You always know after you are two. Two is the beginning of the end. God, that's bleak, isn't it? I mean, <laughs> really? It's two? all downhill from two. So is that a midlife crisis? She's going to yeah. go out and buy a motorbike like, know, with, with, with um, stabilisers. <laughs> <laughs> two, though? Yeah. You're not even fully no. cerebrally developed at two, are you? No, no definitely not. I feel like you're, yeah, life goes downhill from adulting i feel like 30 like 28 29 onwards is like oh god i'm an adult now not two no definitely not certainly two. not two my, a... my rocking horse is in for an mot <laughs> <laughs> so much responsibility on a two-year-old of course they lived at 14 their house number on the street and until wendy came her mother was the chief one she was a lovely lady with a romantic mind and such a sweet mocking mouth. Her... <laughs> she just takes a piss out of everyone. I don't... What? <laughs> a mock? Okay, good. I don't know what a mocking mouth is. Is that like a smirk? Maybe. Like a like a, a like she's having a joke to herself the entire time. It just seems quite odd to describe somebody's mouth. Her romantic mind was like the tiny boxes, one within the other, that come from the puzzling east. However many you discover, there is always one more. And her sweet, mocking mouth had one kiss on it that Wendy could never get. Though there it is, perfectly conspicuous in the right-hand corner. The way Mr. Darling won her was this. The many gentlemen who had been boys when she was a girl discovered simultaneously that they loved her, and they all ran to her house to propose <laughs> to her... Except Mr. Darling, who took a cab and nipped in first, and so he got her. <laughs> what is happening? 
kidding. <laughs> I love the idea of spontaneous, simultaneous declarations of love. Every play. single boy in the cast. Like, if, did everyone hit puberty at the same time and went, oh my God, she's hot? It's like a Lynx advert. Or yeah, exactly. Or reverse. <laughs> I love that that's all it took. Like, oh, I'm just, just going to get a cab. They're running. <laughs> he got all of her, except the innermost box and the kiss. He never knew about the box. And in time, he gave up trying for the kiss. Wendy thought Napoleon could have got it. But I can picture him trying and then going off in a passion, slamming the door. Mr. Darling used to boast to Wendy that her mother not only loved him, but respected him. He was one of those deep ones who knew about stocks and shares. (laughs) Translation, boring. (laughs) He's super boring. Of course, no one really knows, but he quite seemed to know. And he often said stocks were up and shares were down in a way that would have made any woman respect him. If you put this in today's context, if you had a guy who was just talking to you constantly about Bitcoin being up and down, you would not respect him. You would avoid him. But they are, they are there. No, I know they're there. That's what I was saying. It just shows you how times have changed. This isn't a skill to be respected anymore. This is something that people avoid. Yeah, but to be fair, it's her own fault because the only it seemed to be the only reason that she decided to go for him is because he got there quicker. <laughs> <laughs> right, I've I've got a half an hour deadline. First person and win. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> First person here I married. That'd be a great game show, wouldn't it? <laughs> it's oh like, like a race around. Yeah, a race around the world. Whoever gets to the girl first gets to marry her. Yeah. Mrs. Darling married in white, and at first she kept the books perfectly almost gleefully, as if it were a game, not so much as a Brussels sprout was missing. But by and by, whole cauliflowers dropped out, and instead of them, there were pictures of babies without faces. What's going on? I don't understand. I think <laughs> she'd I say that she... Right book? Yeah, I think she was saying he, she was keeping the accounts. Yeah, no, I get And yeah. she was, like, so on it at first that, you know, a, a Brussels sprout wouldn't go down unnoted oh, or okay. unused. But as time went on, she was becoming less diligent and so whole cauliflowers were going missing it, it's a, it's a metaphor it's not literally vegetables go missing it's money right thanks for the explanation i needed that that's good i didn't know that but by and by whole cauliflowers dropped out and instead of them there were pictures of babies without faces she drew them when she should have been totting up they were mrs darling's guesses wendy came first then john then michael For a week or two after Wendy came, it was doubtful whether they would be able to keep her, as she was another mouth to feed. (laughs) Oh, no, that was sad. I thought that was sad. It was like a poverty thing. Not during the nine months of pregnancy. No, exactly. Or even just the thing of like, um, yeah, maybe we should use some kind of protection and think about this before baby comes along. I also just love that this is the solution. Oh, you know, can we keep it? I don't know. Like, what are you going to do with it? Just leave it on a doorstep somewhere well, or drop it off at a warehouse? Would have just, they would have just dropped him off at the workhouse, wouldn't they? That's true. Like, like Oliver. If he's so good with stocks and shares, why are they skint? Well, yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. That's a well, great I think point. He's blaming her, though, isn't it? Because cauliflowers are going missing. Yeah. So, well, it would have been fine, but we are one Brussels sprout down from last week. <laughs> this, this child is going. Maybe unless. if they stopped buying perishables and actually kept the money as money, they wouldn't be bankrupt. <laughs> Mr. Darling was frightfully proud of her, but he was very honourable, and he sat on the edge of Mrs. Darling's bed, holding her hand and calculating expenses 
while she looked at him imploringly. She wanted to risk it, come what might, but that was not his way. His way was with a pencil and a piece of paper, and if she confused him with suggestions, he had to begin at the beginning again. Now don't interrupt, he would beg of her. (laughs) I have £1.17 here and two and six at the office. I can cut off me coffee at the office, say ten shillings, make two, nine and six. With your eighteen and three makes three, nine, seven. With five, nought, nought, in my checkbook makes eight, nine, seven. Who is that moving? Eight nine seven dot and carry seven. Don't speak me own and and a pound that you lent to that man who came to the door. Quiet child. Dot and carry child. There you've you've done it. Did I did I say nine nine seven? Yes, I, I said nine nine seven. The question is, can we try it for a year on nine nine seven? Could we just point out this is dialogue in a book? Yeah. It didn't make much sense to me reading it. I hope it made sense listening to it. I didn't realise we were going to get a detailed kind of description of everything in their account book. Well, I think he's showing his workings. This is children's literature, is it not? Yeah. Technically. This is children's literature, and we know we're about to go to a magical land with nymphs and mermaids and people living forever and all this. And we are wasting time (laughs) hearing about a guy skipping a coffee at work. So I'm not allowing a coffee now. (laughs) Stupid Wendy. <laughs> just like looking at Wendy going, I blame you for this. <laughs> I, I hope that's a running theme, like just resentment. That's... Yeah. <laughs> of course we can, George, she cried. But she was prejudiced in Wendy's favour, and he was really the grander character of the two. Remember Mumps? He warned her almost threateningly, and off he went again. Mumps, one pound. That is what I've put down, but I dare say it'll be more like 30 shillings. Don't speak. Measles, one five. German measles, half a guinea, makes two fifteen six. Don't waggle your finger. Whooping <laughs> cough, say 15 shillings. And so on it went, and it added up differently each time. But at last, Wendy just got through, with mumps reduced to 12.6. And the two kinds of measles treated as one. That's to do with vaccinations. This is before the NHS, so probably calculating if been, you yeah. had to go into hospital or pay a doctor to come. Yeah, it's true. Um, they would, they would, you'd have to pay a doctor to come to the house. Very true. I just, I just love that they're having this conversation after the child has been born. <laughs> Why was this not considered? There was the same excitement over John, and Michael had even a narrower squeak. But both were kept... And soon, you might have seen the three of them going in a row to Mrs. Fulsom's kindergarten school, accompanied by their nurse. Mrs. Darling loved to have everything just so, and Mr. Darling had a passion for being exactly like his neighbours. So, of course, they had a nurse. As they were poor, owing to the amount of milk the children drank, this nurse was a... (laughs) (laughs) That's the only reason they're poor, because the kids drink (laughs) litres of milk. (laughs) <laughs> Do they not eat solids at all? They're, li- they're literally poor because of the milk. Yeah. As they were poor, owing to the amount of milk the children drank, this nurse was a prim Newfoundland dog called Nana, who had belonged to no one in particular until the darlings engaged her. She had always thought children important, however, and the darlings had become acquainted with her at Kensington Gardens, where she spent most of her spare time peeping into perambulators, 
and was much hated by careless nursemaids whom she followed to their homes and complained of to their mistresses. So they found this dog in a park who seemed to have this weird interest in children. And thought, just checking out kids. Let's yeah. make him the nurse. Let's make her the nurse. Yeah. She proved to be quite a treasure of a nurse. How thorough she was at bath time and at any moment of the night, if one of her charges made the slightest cry. Of course, her kennel was in the nursery. She had a genius for knowing when a cough is the thing to have no patience with and when it needs stocking around your throat. She believed to her last day in old-fashioned remedies like rhubarb leaf and made sounds of... Con- <laughs> she's Look, she's well-trained, apparently, in, the, in herbal remedies. <laughs> the practical uh, application of, of her as a dog being able to administer any medicine is quite... Tricky to visualise. I was wondering what bath time would entail. Does she just lick them? Like, yeah, maybe. That's, that's, that was slightly less of a stretch. Like if, if someone else, time? Well, I can imagine them like lifting up by the collar or something. I don't know. Yeah, the scruff of the neck. Yeah, yeah like a baby puppy. Just like chucking, chucking it in the bath. She believed to her last day in old-fashioned remedies like rhubarb leaf and made sounds of contempt over all this newfangled talk about germs and so on. <laughs> she's a conservative. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> She's not up to she's not up to this whole, you know, cotton cotton wooling your kids thing. She'll just chuck them in the dirt. No, she's like science. <laughs> vaccines. <laughs> nonsense. She's not as a vaxxer. Yeah, she's an anti-vaxxer. <laughs> <laughs> it was a lesson in propriety to see her escorting the children to school, walking sedately by their side when they were well behaved, and butting them back into line if they strayed. On John's footer, in England, soccer called football, footer for short. No. Oh, Footy, right, not footer. Yeah, I know. That was weird. Well, I know yeah. soccer's old because they get, they get soccer comes from the part of association in the Is middle. Is that where it's from? Yeah. Ah. So oh, even right. though we thought you go, yeah, so we know like Americans calling it soccer is like, oh, we don't call it that. But actually we did used to. Right. It was never really called football. Yeah, called but footer soccer. just makes me think of the thing at the bottom of a book. Yes. Yeah. Hey, Mike, do you want to go play footer? Or Microsoft no. Word, yeah. Insert it could footer. be a, it could be a, an upper class thing, like you know, you know, some of the upper classes Maybe. refer to it as rugger, the rug. Yeah, true. Oh god, the footer <laughs> and the rugger. That's true because it, it's, no, it's, it's yeah, the same it does thing. Happen. Yeah. yeah. On John's footer in England, soccer was called football. Footer for short days. She never once forgot his sweater, and she usually carried an umbrella in her mouth in case of rain. There is a room in the basement of Miss Folsom's school where the nurses wait. They sat on forms while Nana lay on the floor, but that was the only difference. They affected to ignore her as of an inferior social status to themselves, and she despised their light talk. She resented visits from the nursery from Mrs Darling's friends, but if they did come, she first whipped off Michael's pinafore and put him into the one with the blue braiding and smoothed out Wendy and made a dash of John's hair. No nursery could possibly have been conducted more correctly, and Mr Darling knew it, yet he sometimes wondered uneasily whether the neighbours talked. He had his position in the city to consider. Nana also troubled him in another way. He had sometimes a feeling that she did not admire him. I know she admires you tremendously, George, Mrs Darling would assure him. And then she would sign to the children to be specially nice to father. He just seems like such a drip. 
Yeah. Right. I, he so he's one of these keeping up with the Joneses kind is. of like people just were like, oh, what do people think of me? What do people think of me? It's like, oh, grow up. Lovely dances followed in which the only other servant, Liza, was sometimes allowed to join. Such a midget she looked in her long skirt and maid's cap. It's got out of uh, political correctness. Yeah, exactly. Though she had sworn when engaged that she would never see ten again. The gaiety of those romps. And gayest of all was Mrs. Darling, who would pirouette so wildly that all you could see of her <laughs> was the kiss. Pirouette so wildly, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> Step was saying, stand, down, two, yeah. three, down, triple. And then, if you had dashed at her, you might have got it. There never was a simpler, happier family until the coming of Peter Pan. Mrs. Darling first heard of Peter when she was tidying up her children's minds. <laughs> it's written, it's written so casually, and I'm like, I don't, I, my brain can't comprehend what it's just. I've just read. Is she a telepath? Yeah, no, they, she lies them down and just like brain. Doctor Xavier's, yeah, them, like shh, Professor X. Yeah, she just like you know, she's just doing a bit of mind tidying. And place him as like, yeah. Darren, oh, wow. what's his name? Da- what's his name? Darren Brown. Darren Brown. Mind tidier. It is the nightly custom of every good mother, after her children are asleep, to rummage in their minds and put things straight for next morning, repacking into their proper places the many articles that have wandered during the day. If you could keep awake, but of course you can't, you would see your own mother doing this, and you would find it very interesting to watch her. It is quite like tidying up drawers. You would see her on her knees, I expect, lingering humorously over some of your contents, wondering where on earth you had picked this thing up, making discoveries, sweet and not so sweet, pressing this to her cheek as if it were as nice as a kitten, and hurriedly stowing that out of sight. When you wake in the morning, the naughtiness and evil passions with which you had gone to bed would have been folded up small and placed at the bottom of your mind, and on the top, beautifully aired, are spread out your prettier thoughts, ready for you to put on. I mean, is this to scare children into thinking that their mums know exactly what they're up to? Like, you're, oh, you're, watch out, your mum knows what you, th- you can read your mind when you sleep. It's weird. I don't know whether you have ever seen a map of a person's mind. Doctors sometimes draw maps of other parts of you, and your own map can become intensely interesting, but catch them trying to draw a map of a child's mind, which is not only confused, but keeps going round all the time. There are zigzag lines on it, just like your temperature on a card, and these are probably roads in the island, for the Neverland is always more or less an island, with astonishing splashes of colour here and there, and coral reefs and rakish-looking craft in the offing, and savages and lonely lairs, and gnomes who are mostly tailors, and caves through which a river runs, and princes with six elder brothers, and a hut fast going to decay, and one very small old lady with a hooked nose. It would be an easy map if that were all, But there is also first day at school, religion, fathers, the round pond, needlework, murders, hangings, verbs that take the dative, chocolate pudding day, getting into braces, saying 99, three pence for pulling out your tooth yourself, and so on. And either these are part of the island, or they are another map showing through. And it is all rather confusing, especially as nothing will stand still. 
I really enjoyed that murder came after needlework. <laughs> Freudian slip there, Pat. It's like, well, yeah, it's just hangings. Like it was a hobby. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you know, needlework, murder. Yeah. I'd like to, because the, the, are we presupposing these kids are just like really young? Because they're at a kindergarten. So like two, three, four, one, two, three or something. They're not going to know about hangings. And if they do, no. they're going to be corrupted. Mm. Yeah. No wonder if she has to get in, inside their brains. They're just there like, <sighs> the I know about terrible murder. dark place. <laughs> I know about people yeah. being executed. For, like, that's, that is deep stuff, you know. Of course, the Neverlands vary a good deal. John's, for instance, had a lagoon with flamingos flying over it, at which John was shooting. While Michael, who was very small, had a flamingo with lagoons flying over it. John... John Michael's special what okay good John lived in a boat turned upside down on the sands Michael in a wigwam Wendy in a house of leaves deftly sewn together John had no friends (laughs) why is the concept of somebody having no friends so amusing to you it's just because it's just like no matter of fact yeah Yeah, just John had no friends (laughs) Maybe we're going to find out why. Yeah, maybe he's a jerk. <laughs> he's too, but he's developed into a jerk. <laughs> are we going to find out? Because obviously they're saying like John's Neverland. Michael, are we going to find out this is all a dream as I well? I really like, hope not. And I've already had that thought and I didn't want to say it out loud. I know. I really don't want another. It was yeah, all a dream. I promise we picked these books at random. But I thought the whole point of fairy tales is that magic's meant to be real in them. Whereas if it's just like it's all a dream, then it's like, yeah. what's the point? Let's just not do it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank Let's you for listening. Up. <laughs> yeah, jokes. <laughs> John had no friends. Michael had friends at night. Wendy had a pet wolf forsaken by its parents. But on the whole, the Neverlands have a family resemblance. Michael has friends at night. Night friends. That sounds really ominous, doesn't it? Sinister. Night friends. Yeah. That. Night yeah. Friends. Mm. <laughs> not sure about Michael. <laughs> If they stood still in a row, you could say of them that they have each other's nose and so forth. On these magic shores, children at play are forever beaching their coracles. Don't know that word. It says in brackets, simple boat. Apparently a coracle is a simple boat. I do love how the authors in this time consistently use words that they know their audience isn't going to know. They do, yeah. But they just do it anyway. explain it afterwards sometimes. And then do it aside. Yeah. Weird. We too have been there. We can still hear the sound on the surf, though we shall land no more. Of all the lectable islands, the Neverland is the snuggest and most compact, not large and sprawly, you know, with tedious distances between one adventure and another, but nicely crammed. When you play at it by day with the chairs and tablecloth, it is not in the least alarming. But in the two minutes before you go to sleep, it becomes very real. That is why there are night lights. Occasionally, in her travels through her children's minds, Mrs. Darling found things she could not understand. And of these, quite the most perplexing was the word Peter. She knew of no Peter, and yet he was here and there in John and Michael's minds, while Wendy's began to be scrawled all over with him. The name stood out. Oh, she's, she's obsessed. obsessed. With him. Stalker. She's like, yeah, mm. yeah. 
The name stood out in bolder letters than any of the other words, and as Mrs. Darling gazed, she felt that it had an oddly cocky appearance. Yes, yes, he is rather cocky, Wendy admitted with regret. (laughs) Her mother had been questioning her. But who is he, my pet? He is Peter Pan, you know, mother. (laughs) (laughs) At first, Mrs. Darling did not know, but after thinking back into her childhood, she just remembered a Peter Pan who was said to live with the fairies. There were odd stories about him, as that when children died, he went part of the way with them so that they should not be frightened. Yeah, I did hear that that was one of the theories regarding Peter Pan, that he was like a metaphor for the angel of death to kind of help like, children. Like a grim yeah, reaper. That Neverland, yeah, like Neverland, yeah, that Neverland's like meant to be heaven and it's he's actually the reaper. Fun. She had believed in him at the time, but now that she was married and full of sense, she quite doubted whether there was any such person. Besides, she said to Wendy, he would be grown up by this time. Oh, no, he isn't grown up, Wendy assured her confidently. And he is just my size. She meant that he was her size in both mind and body. She didn't know how she knew, she just knew it. Mrs. Darling consulted Mr. Darling, but he smiled, poo-poo. <laughs> I love the fact... Did he say that? poo-poo. But poo poo-poo. poo with an poo-poo. H. Ah, oh, poo-poo, you know. It's one of my favourite old phrases, I think. Ah, poo. We should start bringing it back. <laughs> poo, poo. Yeah. Bring back poo. Bring back poo. <laughs> Hashtag. Bring back poo. <laughs> Mark my words, he said. It is some nonsense Nana has been putting into their heads. Just the sort of idea a dog would have. Leave it alone, it will blow over. But it would not blow over, and soon the troublesome boy gave Mrs. Darling quite a shock. Children have the strangest adventures without being troubled by them. For instance, they may remember to mention, a week after the event happened, that when they were in the wood they had met their dead father and had a game with him. It was in this casual way that Wendy one morning made a disquieting revelation. Some leaves of a tree had been found on the nursery floor, which certainly were not there when the children went to bed and Mrs. Darling was puzzling over them when Wendy said, with a tolerant smile, I don't believe that's Peter again. Whatever do you mean, Wendy? Oh, it's so naughty of him not to wipe his feet, Wendy said, sighing. She was a tidy child. She explained in quite a matter-of-fact way that she thought Peter sometimes came to the nursery in the night and sat on the foot of her bed and played his pipes to her. Unfortunately, she never woke, so she didn't know how she knew, she she just knew. What nonsense you talk, precious. No one can get into the house without knocking. I think he comes in by the window, she said. My love, it's three floors up. We're not the leaves at the foot of the window, mother. It was quite true, the leaves had been found very near the window. Mrs Darling did not know what to think for it all seemed so natural to Wendy that you could not dismiss it by saying she had been dreaming. My child, the mother cried, why did you not tell me of this before? I forgot. (laughs) Yeah, I forgot about the guy that breaks into my room every (laughs) evening and sits at the base of it. I mean, that's creepy, isn't it? I forgot, 
said Wendy lightly. She was in a hurry to get her breakfast. Oh, surely she must have been dreaming. But on the other hand, there were the leaves. Mrs. Darling examined them very carefully. They were skeleton leaves, but she was sure they did not come from any tree that grew in England. She crawled about the floor, peering at it with a candle for marks of a strange foot. She rattled the poker up the chimney and tapped the walls. She let down a tape from the window to the pavement, and it was a sheer drop of thirty feet, without so much as a spout to climb up by. Certainly Wendy had been dreaming. But Wendy had not been dreaming. As the very next night showed, the night on which the extraordinary adventures of these children may be said to have begun. On the night we speak of, all the children were once more in bed. It happened to be Nana's evening off, and Mrs. D- I love that the do- <laughs> dog gets the day off. So good. I'm imagining Nana like out on the town <laughs> in like high heels and a red dress and lipstick, like out from our so TVs with the girls. Yeah. <laughs> Queuing up <laughs> Mrs. Darling had bathed them and sung to them till one by one they had let go of her hand and slid away into the land of sleep. All were looking so safe and cosy that she smiled at her fears now and sat down tranquilly by the fire to sew. It was something for Michael, who on his birthday was getting into shirts. I think he means literally getting into shirts. And when you say getting into shirts, it makes it sound like it's a hobby. You know I'm going to get into shirts oh, at the minute. He's, he's, he's really into shirts yeah. at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> the fire was warm, however, and the nursery dimly lit by three nightlights. And presently the sewing lay on Mrs. Darling's lap. Then her head nodded, oh so gracefully. She was asleep. Look at the four of them. Wendy and Michael over there. John here. And Mrs. Darling by the fire. There should have been a fourth night light. While she slept, she had a dream. She dreamt that the Neverland had come too near and that a strange boy had broken through from it. He did not alarm her, for she thought she had seen him before in the faces of many women who have no children. Perhaps he is to be found in the faces of some mothers also. But in her dream he had rent the film that obscures the Neverland, and she saw Wendy and John and Michael peeping through the gap. The dream by itself would have been a trifle, but while she was dreaming the window of the nursery blew open, and a boy did drop on the floor. He was accompanied by a strange light, no bigger than your fist, which darted about the room like a living thing, and I think it must have been this light that wakened Mrs. Darling. She started up with a cry and saw the boy, and somehow she knew at once that he was Peter Pan. If you or I or Wendy had been there, we would have seen that he was very like Mrs. Darling's kiss. He was a lovely boy, clad in skeleton leaves and the juices that ooze out of trees, but the most entrancing thing about him was that he had all his first teeth. (laughs) (laughs) He's not been beaten up in a bar fight. (laughs) So wait, he's just like some some sticky boy dressed in leaf litter has just fallen through the window. He's got all his milk teeth. And she's like, oh, he's lovely. When he saw she was a grown-up, he gnashed the little pearls at her. End of chapter. 
Well, I mean, I'm really excited as to where this is going to go. Me too. Particularly because I had no idea that Mrs. Darling saw Peter Pan come in. No, I didn't either. I thought it was the case these kids were spirited away in the middle of the night and the parents had no idea where, where they were or what was going on. But she's in the room when he's there. So I'm intrigued to see where this goes. Absolutely. Because it's already different from the Disney film. Yeah, it's a little more complex. I looked up on Spark Notes, but Spark Notes doesn't have Peter Pan. Doesn't so, it? No. So I'm looking at litcharts.com. Litcharts, bro. Lit, bro. Litcharts. <laughs> Peter Pan, man. I'm just going to pick out a couple of ones of the bits where like, we had a few problems understanding what was being said. Yeah. So one of the main things that seems to be mentioned quite a lot in this chapter is the kiss. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. here it says that um, Mrs. Darling's kiss is not an ordinary kiss. The term seems to be an invention of Barry's and it indicates both something visible, the elusive charm of a smile and something invisible, a kind of childlike freedom from ordinary life. So in one corner of her mouth, at least, Mrs. Darling remains free and wild, which is the mocking, the mocking sure. smile thing that we're talking about. Gotcha. Uh, she, and she kisses her husband, an action of a grown up with the other corner. So it's basically trying to say that Mrs. Darling still has an element of that childlike freedom. So that's which that, obviously when, Mr. Darling is completely lost because he's a boring person who likes stocks and shares. But she can still vaguely remember Peter Pan. Yes, I think she's ne- yes, exactly. I think she still has that kind of link to the imaginary and the what if and the and the curiosity that the kids have. Mm. And one other thing, just about this metaphor with Mrs. Darling being a telepath. Um, it says Mrs. Darling's motherly chores are a delightful mixture of tedium and sorcery. Mm-hmm. So like all mothers, she is always cleaning and sorting a very dull sort of activity, but she is also delicate, delicately altering and nurturing her children's minds. So obviously the author here has mixed those two things together. Like as parents, yeah. you nurture your children and you clean up after them. And he's kind of found this way to make this picture of both of them in one where it's like, she's, physically cleaning their minds yeah yeah does he he think it's more palatable for a child to get their head around the fact that that's one of the roles that a mother has which is to develop your i think develop them as people yeah i think it was probably having having like a physical representation of nurturing is probably makes it easier to understand what nurturing is but also i think the way that he's done it makes it seem more magical and less tedious than it actually is Sure. Do you know what I mean? By making it seem like your mum's actually this person with magical powers. Soothsayer. Yeah, exactly. I think it does make kind of, not the motherhood's boring, but it makes motherhood seem more fantastical um, than actually the reality of just cleaning up sick and emptying dirty diapers. <laughs> I definitely want to see um, Nana's Night Out. I think that needs to be a <laughs> comic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I want to know that story. I want to know about all the... One day goes to town. Yeah, exactly. The night Nana was kicked out of Witherspoon. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean my car doesn't work? <laughs> <laughs> they don't pay me. Right, so if you'd like to let us know what you thought of the chapter, you can email us on thelazybookclub at gmail.com. Or drop us a little line on Twitter at Lazy Book Club Pod. And it's exactly the same on Instagram at Lazy Book Club Pod. Do you want to give us the title of the next chapter so we can kind of see what... Well, yes, I can, Matthew. Maybe might be coming up. Yeah. Chapter two is entitled The Shadow. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. We know a bit about shadows from Cos Disney. So yes. We'll see if it aligns, but you know. 
Yeah, maybe Mum sews the shadow back on for him. Who knows? I mean, well, she's been sewing, hasn't she? Yeah, and we all know what follows needlework: murder. So it'll be interesting to find out who dies. And then a hanging. <laughs> Bizarre. Right. So chapter two, the shadow. We'll see you there next week. <laughs>